Hi Emily, my name's Nicole, I'm 35 and my question is regarding making a will. My partner and I bought our first home a couple of years ago and we'd just like to know where to start with making a will, uh, how much it's going to cost and uh, what's involved. Thanks very much. Hello, I'm Emily Bellet, founder of Vespod and author of You're Not Broke, You're Pretty Rich and you're listening to the Wallet Hotline. Thank you so much, Nicole, for sending us your question about making a will. To be able to answer this question, I am joined today by Kate Pantelo. She is the founder of The Money Mummy, a friend of Vespot and a former financial advisor. Together, we open up the conversation around making a will. We know it can feel uncomfortable and emotional to do so. So Kate tells us how we can best prepare for the process. We discuss when is the right time to make a will, the different options available, and take a look at why, especially as women, it's important to be pragmatic and prepared if the worst were to happen. At the end of the episode, we also have an inspirational, proud money moment to share from Ricky. Thank you so much, Ricky, and Charlotte, with recommending a favorite episode. So stay tuned and remember that if you'd like to participate in the hotline, send me a voice note at emilyadvestpod.com or follow the link in the show notes. We'd love to hear your prod money moments, your questions and your comments. I'd also just like to say a quick thank you to our sponsor, PensionB. PensionB has helped over 500,000 customers be pension confident. It enables savers to take control of their finances by helping them transfer their old pensions together into one simple online plan. With PensionB, you can manage your pension like you manage your bank account, check your real-time balance, your projected retirement income, and set up contributions and withdrawals all from the palm of your hand. Plus, you'll get human support from your very own UK-based account manager, or as PensionB calls them, Beekeeper. You can sign up to PensionB today with the names of your old pension providers in just five minutes. And if you're self-employed, you can start a new pension from scratch. As always with investments, your capital is at risk. Please note that we are not certified financial advisors, so the information made available in this podcast are provided for educational purposes only and do not constitute financial advice. Thank you. Hi, Emily. My name is Nicole. I'm 35. And my question is regarding making a will. My partner and I bought our first home a couple of years ago. We've got a car each and some sort of savings and bits and bobs, nothing really of vast wealth. And we'd just like to know where to start with making a will, uh, how much it's going to cost and uh, what's involved. Thanks very much. Okay. So, Today, following Nicole's question, I actually invited a Vespod friend who I met on Instagram, which is pretty cool. Actually, we have a big money community and we have Kate today on the line uh, with us. You're the founder of The Money Mummy. You used to be a financial advisor and I wanted to chat with you today about making a will. So I'll just start with a quick statistics. The number of 35, 54 years old with a will has decreased from 37% in 2019 to 22.5% in 2021. So I personally have a will. I made it with my husband a few, a few years ago. And, and we're talking offline about the emotional aspects of, of making a will. So we're going to cover that today with, with Kate and have a really open conversation about yeah death and you know how how can you prepare it's really tricky i think people don't make a will for a lot of different reasons maybe they're not you know not being able to decide who should actually inherit the money <laughs> maybe they don't want to spend any money doing it maybe they don't want to talk about money <laughs> and also they think you know i'll do it later that's okay i'm super young 
So Kate, welcome to the wallet. Hello, thank you for having me. <laughs> Good to be here. Yeah, no, it's so, so nice to see you. And can you tell me why is it actually important to make a will? Do you know what? It's so important to make a will. And you touched on something there, actually, in one of your last points about kind of pushing it to one side. And I think it's that kind of quite often, you know, when I've kind of addressed it with clients in the past, funnily enough, it's that, yeah, 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 I got to do that. But it's kind of like, sounds terrible, but not wanting to tempt fate. But actually, being pragmatic about it, you absolutely, it's so important to do a will, you know, and just to take a step back, if I may, Emily, just to kind of strip it back to basics, I just want to kind of simplify what a will is, which is basically, you know, a legal document that basically outlines your wishes in the event that anything was to happen to you. So going on to your first point about your first question, which is what, what, why is it so important to have a will? Basically, if you die intestate, which means without making a will, there are no guarantees that your estate will be distributed as you would have liked. So, you know, navigating that minefield that is, you know, intestacy can create a huge burden for your loved ones. And at an already difficult time in the worst case scenario, you know, your hard earned assets can end up being given to the state instead of those who, who essentially meant the most to you. So it is super, super important. And there's lots of reasons why people choose to, to do a will. And that is, you know, for if I could just sort of like sum up a few of them, you know, choosing who your estate goes to is number one, quite often, obviously the most obvious one, but also things like there's other aspects to take into account, like minimizing tax liabilities, leaving some of your wealth to a life partner, making a gift to a charity or a friend. Also considerations like making provisions for maybe someone elderly or disabled, depending on who you've got in your family, specifying your children's sort of like inheritance. And also another main one would be assigning guardians to the beneficiaries who are under 18. And if, I, if I'm thinking about Nicole's question, so Nicole is telling me, you know, I'm 35 and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about making a will with my partner. We bought a home. When... Should you actually think about making a will? I mean, f for me personally, we we did one once we already had, you know, some of our children. But now looking back, I th I think maybe we should have done that a bit earlier. So when when do people should start thinking uh, about their wills and and who should? Yeah. I, I know you can give advice, but like who should have a will? Like should we all have a will, or actually it's okay to wait? Yeah. Do you know what? That's a really good question. And actually, you look. As soon as you're 18 years plus, that's when you can legally put a will in place. Um, I think Nicole had has a mortgage, doesn't she, with her partner? Is that correct? Yeah, I think they bought a home, so I guess I guess they have a mortgage. Yeah, so quite often it's trigger points, you know. Um, so you could be as long as you're 18 years plus, you know. Most people start to think about having a will when they take on their first property and they've got an asset. So quite often it's when you start to have a form of ownership of assets, whether that be a mortgage, be inheriting money from a family member. Um, in the cold situation, you might have a little bit of savings and investments. Any form of ownership that you have got, which forms part of your estate means that, you know, you are responsible for yourself in the sense that you can decide where those assets get divvied up to in the event that anything was going to happen to you. So there isn't a right or wrong in terms of age, but there's no reason why, you know, you can't consider looking at the will side of things before having children or getting married. Because, you know, effectively, if you've got equity within that property, in the event, you know, worst case scenario that something was going to happen, where do you want that equity to go to? You know, in addition to the obvious changes in circumstances like, you know, marriage, divorce, 
births, secondary or third sort of like families or blended families, which is not uncommon today. It is a case of really, do you have any assets that form part of your estate? And if you do, it's definitely a consideration to say, right, okay, I probably should have maybe something in place. Yeah. And and so we're going to talk about how to, you know, best prepare for a will, because that's not an easy exercise. We'll talk a lot in the wallet about you know, writing your networks, like understanding your own numbers. And that's going to be something that you will need when you write your, your will. We're not here to advise you to do like a DIY will. I think that can be a bit tricky. So who can basically help you? I personally did, did mine with a, with a solicitor, but I know there's some platforms online called the, you know, will writing service. So how do these, do these work? And, and if you can give me an idea on like maybe the price of the services sure absolutely so do you know what it absolutely varies you're right you can you can you can you can write your own will and get a template offline you can do use a will writing service or will writing specialists that sort of like works hand in hand with a solicitor who will rubber stamp it but i think you know it can be quite complex i guess you know the bigger the estate the more complex the will can be but you know ultimately most people do tend to and there isn't a right or wrong but most people do tend to go down the solicitor route or barrister route, whatever the case may be. But that legal kind of um, regulated route purely because they want to make sure that the will that they're, they're putting together is going to be watertight. And what I mean by that is, is that it's going to stand up. So in the event that anything was to happen to you, your estate is taken care of in the right manner. So going back to your question on where can I make a will, you know, there's an opportunity to go online. There's something called, you know, there's the Law Society who is the body of, of solicitors. And if you go onto the uh, Law Society, you know, you can tap in making a will and it will guide you through to a, a section called Find a Solicitor. And it allows you to refine the search as well. So this is a real helpful tool to anyone who really is, you know, starting from scratch, not really knowing where to go, but they want to go down the right route and ensure that they get through to, you know, a, a, a professional who's going to be able to legally represent them in terms of, you know, putting together a will, which is watertight and in line with regulation and making sure that they dot all the I's and cross all the T's, so to speak. And then in terms of your point with regards to costings, it can really, really be quite a vast range. Typically, on average, you generally find the basic of wills tends to cost sort of like 150 to 250 pounds, but that is kind of on average. You know, if you wanted to go cheaper chips online, you know, you can get one for 30 quid. If, you know, the more complex your estate is or the more you want to include, then obviously that can can increase slightly to around 500 or maybe sometimes a little bit more. And once, uh, so let's say, you know, you go to the Law Society website, you found like a, you know, local solicitor. I mean, maybe I guess now you can also do it online, maybe via Zoom. Uh, I personally did it at home. So I remember my husband and myself and the solicitor. So this is such like a morbid conversation. We were quite prepared for it also because of Vespod. And we've always had like all this money conversation, but for couples maybe who are not, you know, who are not having these conversations about money or even yourself, you you just want to, you know, write your will. How can you best prepare to, you know, to, to, to have this conversation that can be, um, that can be a bit tricky. Yeah, that's a big, big question. And it's, I know it's quite difficult because that's one of the reasons why the stats are so low when it comes to will writing, because people don't want to address it, but it is super crucial. And unfortunately, in my experience as an advisor, historically, you come across some awful real life stories, which makes you realize how important it really, really is to have something in place. But getting back to your question in terms of preparation, to be fair, 
if you've not had these conversations, the upside is, is that when you sit down with that, you have to have it. Yeah. You have to have it. Yeah. So when you're, you know, you're cornered in the best way possible because you've chosen to, 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 to get your will in order. <laughs> Pay in advance. Exactly. Cancel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's no refund, <laughs> but you know, you can, you can, you know, whether it's going to be a Zoom meeting or a face to face, you know, at the end of the day, what the solicitor will do is, you know, they're, they're the specialist in this area. They're the expert. You know, they will sit down, they'll have a chat to you. They'll be conversational and they will talk you through what they need to put the will in place. So there's going to be all sorts of words that are going to kind of pipe up, which are going to be things like, you know, who will be your executor? What property do you own? Who will be beneficiaries of X, Y and Z? They'll also touch on things which are really, really difficult to hear, like, you know, in the event of X, Y, and Z, who will be the legal guardians um, if you had to have them? You know, it makes me cry even talking about it. And we're, oh, me too. Oh. You know, other things as well, like, you know, depends on your situation. You might not have children, but your pets might be your babies. So, yeah. you know, what do you want to happen to your pets or your digital legacy? Jewelry, cryptocurrency. Jewelry, any collectibles. <laughs> pensions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, actually, that's an interesting one you touched on because pensions, you really got to kind of keep separate. We'll touch on that in a bit, actually. But in the will itself, it's, yeah, there's other financial considerations that will is likely to crop up. And, you know, these are the conversations which is all about, you know, as a couple kind of sitting down if there is two of you. And I guess it forces you in a nice way to kind of thrash out what you would do. And then the legal rep will guide you in the right direction and help you because she'll ask or he'll ask the right questions, which will then help you and your other half come to the right, you know, the right solution. But yeah, there is going to be keywords in there that kind of crop up. And it might be that first meeting of food for thought, but you know, they're going to put questions to you. So if you can't answer in the moment, at least you can go on away and, and discuss it. So you know who's going to go in those boxes on that piece of paper, so to speak. So what, I mean, what needs to be included in the will? You know, I mean, I guess all the things you you own, but you know, what about debts? I'm thinking, I mean, these are the things you don't want to think about also. Yeah. Uh, but these, these need to be uh, included and sort of like all your possessions, even if you don't have too many possessions. So, you know, where do you start? Yeah. I mean, okay, let's go back to basics here because obviously some people, not everyone will be in a position where they, they do go to a solicitor, even though that's really your ideal kind of route. But if you don't and you still want to put something in place for, you know, your own, your own reasons, then the kind of things that need to be documented, if you like, chapter and verse on that will are things like the basics are going to be personal information. So what's your address as well as names of your family members and what you know, what their relationship is, is to you. And when you make a will, it's really important to understand the different elements that make up a will, you know, such as testator, the executors, legacies, legacies and bequests, beneficiary, sorry, residual, sort of like estate, foreign assets, children, and so on. So there's lots of different aspects. And I think first and foremost, it's about obviously having that basic information there on the will. As I said just now, in addition to that, it's about making sure that all those other elements are included. So you want to be sure to know, you know, the person that's writing the will, which is called the testator, you know, who are they going to have, who is going to execute the will. So the executor is a person that essentially manages it in the event of, of, of death. So um, whether it's you or you and your partner, that is definitely a big discussion. What does an executor do? This is the person who basically administers the estate upon death. The primary duty is to carry out the wishes of the deceased person based on instructions spelled out in their will and ensuring that the assets are distributed to the intended beneficiaries. 
So, you know, that's that's a big discussion in itself, isn't it? Working out who's going to administer your estate. Oh, <laughs> and that's only a portion. <laughs> You've decided who's going to take care of the kids, who's going to take care of, you know, I mean, it's it's a nightmare. It is, it is. But there's other aspects as well. You know, what about legacy? Is that is there a gift that you want to, to leave to someone? Bequests as well um, in terms of, It could be, you know, money such as stocks and shares or anything like that that you're looking to give away. So who do you want to be the beneficiary of those those assets? Yeah. And, you know, making sure that you sort of like ring fence and, and, and note in black and white who those beneficiaries are going to be. So, you know, it's all important to have these beneficiaries noted down in the plan because at the end of the day, this is going to give purpose and guidance to what you're leaving behind for the executor to execute properly and, you know, as you as you wish, so to speak. And uh, and once you've uh, you know you've made your first will, the, your solicitor will keep your will, I guess. And then what happens? You know, do I need to review my will? When do I need to change it? Or I'm done. I'm I'm going to leave it there forever. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So you, in terms of you know where do we where do we store the will? Essentially, look, it definitely needs to be in a super safe place. Ideally, somewhere fireproof. I think it's always. A sensible and wise thing to do to say to your solicitor, can you archive a draft for me? And then that way, and also you make sure you share that with whoever your executors are going to be. So there's things that you can do to keep that will safe. Archive it for solicitor. You can also register it at the probate office as well, which is um, a, a government site where you can go to, um, I think the cost is around about £20. And again, you can keep it online if you want to as well, maybe in the cloud or there's different storage packages that you can you can use if you want to sort of like do it that way for the digital world as well so just ensure that no matter where you keep it it's it's safe and people know that it can be located exactly and then do i need to to change my will Kate? yeah uh, that, <laughs> yeah uh, yeah exactly when do you change it well i mean the rule of thumb is typically do you know what even if you feel like there hasn't been any changes in your personal circumstances ideally you want to be looking to review it every five years that tends to be the rule of thumb circumstances do change so just ensure that you know it, it could be marriage it could be divorce it could be when a child comes along you could be inheriting some assets significantly or your net your net worth has just increased significantly and you want to make sure that everything is as it should be so rule of thumb Every five years, if nothing else in between is a trigger point, it just ensures that you're kind of almost ensuring yourself in the event that it needs to be acted upon, that it's, it's a true reflection of your current situation and wishes. And, uh, and do you think that for women, it's you know, even more important to have a will or do you have like a few statistics to share or maybe in your, you know, in your personal experience working with, you know, with, your, with your clients? How do you advise women more, more specifically? Look, I mean, it's something that we should all have. But is it super important for women particularly? You know, I believe it is actually because, you know, the stats are women do tend to live longer than men. We need to ensure that our assets last longer and cover the long term care. Sort of like married women will mostly likely inherit their spouse's estate as well. We also earn less during our lives than men typically. So, you know, whether that's because we're taking care of our home or family, whatever the case may be. So therefore, you know, there's tends to be a reduction in the ability that we can save over time. So it's really important that we, we, you know, if we're going to have less, that we make sure we get sound, you know, retirement advice along the way and sound estate planning advice along the way as well. So, yeah, those, those points are absolutely crucial, actually, and, and particularly for women. And also in terms of custodial parents as well, quite often women typically, I think the stat is about 84% in terms of, you know, women tend to take care of the children in most situations. 
you know, if anything unforeseen happens and therefore, you know, they need to take a handle on things like the property as well. So, yeah, all those all those points become pretty crucial to women, so to speak. So I hope we've answered Nicole's question, but I just wanted to ask you, Kate, are there like other things that are quite important to protect ourselves? You know, pension beneficiaries, making sure you have maybe other insurances. So if you have a few like sort of opening remarks for our next, you know, wallet, and I'm sure that's going to raise a lot more more questions, but you know, what are the other things we should think about when we want to protect ourselves? Yeah, there is a few, actually. One of the key things I would say is, you know, don't forget things like pensions, because pensions, I think the, the stats are on average, we have about 11 to 12 jobs throughout our lifetime. I mean, these days you're automatically opted in, but you never used to be. But if you've got lots of kind of pots that you've built up along the way and you haven't necessarily consolidated those pots, be careful because, um, you know, when you start out a pension plan, you know, you have the opportunity to decide who the nomination of beneficiary is going to be in the event that anything was going to happen to you. So pensions are a huge area to kind of ensure that you include when you're looking at other aspects of estate planning. Make sure that the provider that you're with with your pension, that um, you have the correct person nominated on the beneficiary forms. And if you're not sure how to do that, you literally just contact the pension provider who is who is in, in charge of your pension scheme. And you just mentioned to them, you just want to check nomination of beneficiary is you know, you might have done that 10 years ago and actually quite a lot's happened since then. So it's not just about updating the will. Those aspects are super, super important as well. Also, there's, you know, there's other aspects as well, like power of attorneys, life cover, critical illness cover, all types of sort of like protection, other aspects of employee benefits, not just pension, but, you know, you might have a death and service scheme and stuff like that. So, yeah, there's 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 other 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 parts to that. Um, in addition to the will to consider when making sure that all your all your ducks are lined up, so to speak. Kate, thank you so much. You know, I think there was a great roundup around wheels and, you know, what we should think about next. Really, I hope this conversation, Nicole and everyone listening that gave you the, the confidence to get started and really go and write your will, even if you do it yourself, you do it online, you do it with a solicitor and yeah, sort of, you know, protect your, yourself. Kate, thank you so much. We can follow you on Instagram at the money mummy, the underscore money underscore mummy. And I hope we're going to see each other very soon. Thanks, Emily. It's been great to speak to you. Thank you. I hope that was a useful conversation with Kate. And now I'm super happy to have received this proud money moment from Ricky. Hiya. I just wanted to share my proud money moment. My name is Ricky. I am 25 years old. And I just wanted to say thank you to you and all the other content producers on social media, on Instagram, YouTube, for sharing amazing tools and tips and for empowering people to take control of their finances and their future. I started my money journey whilst working at university and after. And I always worried about paying for a house, paying for marriage, having kids, that sort of thing, without the support of my parents and how to do it independently. And Although it wasn't like I finally turned my life around, but I managed to save a large chunk of money towards property. I managed to invest in the stocks and shares. I managed to sort out my pension. I've just uh, put an offer on a house last month. And I'm so excited to take control of my financial future. The ability to do this has empowered me and given me so much confidence. I managed to double my income, move back home after renting in London, saved a ton of money in that way and invested it and therefore on a cumulative of all of these things were able to purchase my first property 
at 25 years old. It's my dream property and I never thought this would be possible to do as a single person alone. So thank you so much for all of your eye-opening content and your support and for empowering everyone to be their best selves. I hope that me sharing my story allows other people to believe and be encouraged that there's a brighter future ahead. You just need to put in a little bit of work, a little bit of savvy mindset, and the world is literally your oyster. Thank you. And finally, please listen to the recommendation from Charlotte, who's based in Paris, and she's recommending this fabulous episode with Tiwa Lola. Hi everyone, I'm Charlotte. I've been part of the Vespa community since the beginning. I work in a bank in Paris at BNP Paribas and I was in London for 11 years before that. Uh, I would like to comment on the great episode uh, with the talented coach uh, Tiwa Lola Ogunlesi uh, that she made on confidence and how to deal with negative thoughts. Uh, she's really empowering women in her coachings and enabling them to live a better life. She explains how to work on our personal development to be a better person. And what she described uh, is actually what I've lived myself as, uh, as I've been fighting a few years uh, with my mind and uh, limitative beliefs and thoughts. And I'm feeling really relieved to have overcome this. I'm feeling much lighter. Uh, it's actually a journey that we can't really avoid uh, if we want to progress in life. Uh, she also mentioned all the visualization and programming techniques Uh, that are very important uh, also. And focusing on, on what you're good at is key in life. This is how you're going to be efficient and have uh, more energy. So really loved it. Uh, she's really connected uh, to energy and, uh, and the universe uh, and the abundance. Thank you, Vespod. And thank you, Tiwa, for this insightful episode. Thank you so much for listening to the hotline in the wallet today. Please share with a friend and subscribe or leave a review on Apple podcast. Also, don't forget to send me your proud money moments, questions and comments via hotline at emily at Speak to you next week.